Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Question. We've t- I've asked you guys questions lately. So here's a good one, and it's very pertinent and relevant to this season. So if you had a choice, and we'll do a show of hands because I want to know. We'll do a show of hands. How many of you, if you had a choice between a fake Christmas tree and a real Christmas tree, you would put up the fake one every time? The pre-lit Christmas tree with the lights in it is fake. Raise your hand. God bless you Americans. Put, the, put your hands down. Okay. The others say, no, I'm a traditionalist. I want a real tree. I want to smell it. I want the sap on my floor from the pine. I want the needles. Okay, a real tree. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Did you say a real tree? Man, it's like three of y'all all in the same section. No, okay, there's a few. Y'all didn't raise your hand twice, did you, Micha? Okay. I'm just making sure because, you know, people vote numerous times. We've, we've proven that lately, even in America. But anyway, they vote more than once. Years ago, a guy got interviewed. Barry and I were talking about it. A guy said, man, I love this guy who's running for office so much, I'm going to go vote again. And they let him, I guess. That's terrible. You only get to vote once. All right? New series today entitled The Heartbeat of Faith. Who in here remembers the Chevy marketing? Was it from the early to mid-80s and they said Chevy truck, Chevy's the heartbeat of America? Do y'all remember that? The heartbeat of America. And they would go... (laughs) <laughs> it was a heartbeat. Well, I want to talk to you about the heartbeat of faith. And today I'm going to share a little bit about why I believe and why we should believe as believers. I want to talk to you about a company whom I've been studying. And you say, why would you study that company? Well, we can always learn lessons from history. How many of you know that? I read the word. I'm a disciple of the word. I'm in the word every day. I'm actually a little bit ahead in my one-year Bible. Man, I read that thing every day. I've read it every day this year. I stay in the Word. I stay in the Word. I study. But I've been studying something else, and it's a historical aspect that many of you are going to laugh at when I tell you what I've been studying. And it's the history. You say, okay, what? What is it? Like, tell us already. The history of video games. And you go, what? That is. That sounds crazy. There were so many characters in the long hit, well, it hasn't been that long, right? The history of video games. One company in particular has always fascinated me. I've always been a fan since the 80s. I say always, right? Since the 80s. And that's Nintendo. It's a Japanese company. Well, in the 80s, they had a hard time. This is hard to believe now. History being what, it, what, it, what we know it to be now. But the Nintendo company... They had a hard time breaking into the market in the United States. Now, they were a a good company. I believe they did pretty well leading up to that point. I believe they were also founded in 1889. Hmm. You say, they had Nintendo games back then? No. uh, no. They were actually a a, a Japanese card trading company. Not familiar with what kind of cards. I don't know if they were Pokemon cards. I don't know what they were. But they were a card trading company called something else. Well, they were uh, taken over by a gentleman. And at some point, he changed the name. I believe he's the one who changed the name. His name was Yamauchi. All right? So he's the CEO. And his son-in-law was a guy named um, Minoru Arakawa. What a great name. And you can make that sound real Japanese by saying Minoru Arakawa. That was legit, huh? Arakawa. Arigato. So 
His son-in-law was Nintendo of America president, and this was at the time of arcade games, late 70s, early 80s. Some of y'all remember arcades. I loved them. They were cool. They had pinball machines. Remember those? Those have a long and fabled history. But we're just talking about actual video games. And Nintendo was having a hard time getting into the market in America. Well, guess what? They invented a game called Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong is actually an odd name because the guy... The guy said, one of, one of the Japanese gentlemen didn't speak very good English. He said, I need to say something about a stubborn gorilla or a stubborn monkey. So he looked up stubborn and he found donkey. And he looked up gorilla and I guess he saw King Kong or something for big gorilla. So he named it Donkey Kong. If you're ever wondering about that name. Because it was a non-English speaker trying to name a video game. And it worked. I remember being a kid going, Donkey Kong, that's, that's memorable. Y'all remember Donkey Kong? All right. So I believe they sold about 10,000 actual units of that big, full-size arcade game in America in 1981. That's a lot. All right. But games like Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, the most popular, best-selling arcade game of all time in America, I believe sold 30,000 units. Okay. But they made a dent in the market. They were doing well. At that time, Atari was making consoles. You guys remember Atari? I'm getting somewhere with this. Nintendo says, we need to get into America. There's money to be made there. Well, as they're wanting to get into America, Atari made many bad decisions. So did other video game makers. The market crashed. I'm not going to get into all of why, but they were very greedy. They were very foolish. They made lots of bad decisions, lots of weird, funny, interesting personalities involved with that. All right? So the market crashed, and the headlines were, for a few years, Video games in America are dead. They weren't making new arcade games. Arcade places were closing. People were like, we don't want any consoles at home because Atari was garbage. We're sick of it. It never looks like the, the packaging. You remember the packaging? And they looked cool. And it was a cool guy and a cool chick on the packaging. And it looked amazing. And then you play the game. You're like, these are a bunch of boxes. This is garbage. And they're shooting bullets, and it's a square. Ding. And you play Pong. Remember Pong? Ding. Ding. Or Tank or something. So America had had it with video games. But Nintendo, because of its leadership, said, video games are not dead. They invented a unit called the Famicom, the family computer. It's the predecessor of the Nintendo. And they said, we're selling zillions of these things in Japan. We think we can do it in America. Everybody told them, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. They had a word we're going to discuss today, and it's called faith. Because you can have faith in other things besides God. And that's my point today is that our heartbeat of faith is faith in God. And if people have, can have faith in their company and their products, why shouldn't we believe in God and his word? Are you with me? So despite the odds, in 1985, Christmas of 1985, they had a limited release of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Remember the little gray box that everybody loved with Super Mario Brothers? I still play those games. Just so you know, confession. I, those are relaxing and fun. They're nostalgic. 1985, they released it in New York. Hard-working company because they had faith. They were told no. They were sued for different things. They released 100,000 units in New York only and sold them all. Here's why. The CEO said, you say video games are dead. They're not. We can prove to you we'll sell them in America. We're going to have a limited release in New York. If we can sell in New York, we can sell anywhere. And he said, we will be big and we will be great. You'll see. His son-in-law believed him. Nintendo of America president, they marketed. Some interesting stories there. Well, the rest is history. After New York, they went to L.A. and I think Chicago, San Francisco. 
By 1986, they'd sold one point something million. By 87, it was up at five million units in Nintendo Entertainment Systems. Are you getting the picture here? All because they believed. You ever seen someone who believed in something? You're going, you got to be kidding me. No one else believed. The guy who came on Shark Tank with a product called, I don't know if it was called, I think it was called DoorBot back then. Anybody remember Ring? Many of you have it on your doors now, don't you? Shark Tank, they told him, uh, not marketable, we don't know. Well, guess what? Amazon bought it from him for a billion. He believed. He believed. You've got to believe in your God and his product, his word, and you are his product. Did you know that? You are really his product. You've got to believe in God, his word, and yourself. We believe in all kinds of other stuff. Did you know people have more faith right now? And look, I'm not... Once again, those tuning in today live, if you want to come to church and wear a mask, that's great, and you should. But I've dealt with people, uh, you know, if you're comfortable, if that makes you comfortable to wear a mask. But here's my point. I've dealt with folks that have way more faith in a mask than in God. They have way more faith in the news than in God. You're saying I don't have faith if I wear a mask? No, that's between you and God. But my point is people will put faith in any old thing apart from God. And if these folks can believe in their product, man, why can't we believe in what God says? Number one today, why should we believe? Number one, this will really make you humble right here. God gave you your faith. What? Yeah, let's go to Romans 12, 3. I like it in this translation. It's the New Living Translation, what I usually preach out of. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves how? By the faith God has given us. Numerous other translations say, by the measure of faith he has given us. The measure of faith. In other words, God gave us all the same amount of faith. The question is now, what are we going to do with it? Isn't that humbling? You say, man, I believe God. Well, that all started with God believed in you enough to give you belief in him. Wow. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given him, has given us. He has given us the, the ability to believe him. And there's different levels of faith. I know that. Somebody say faith. Different levels of faith. I totally understand that. I see that. Man, I'm not going to be one that gives people a hard time. Once again, go back to the masks or, or social distancing. If that's where they are, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. You say, man, there's other churches that have closed. What are they doing? That's between them and God. That's between them and God. God bless them. We stayed open as much as we could. We had to go out in the parking lot for a month. And then did you know when we stayed open, people were mad that we were open. And they were mad that others closed. They're mad if you wear a mask. They're mad if you don't wear a mask. you got to be led by God. you got to be led by your conscience. All right? you got to believe and do what you got to do. All right? But always take it back to what? Somebody say God's word. That's it. So number one today, God gave us our faith. That's why I believe. And why do I love? Why do I love him? According to Scripture, Scripture says he first loved me. While we were yet sinners, Christ loved us and died for us. How does that work? Can you imagine? How many of you in here have kids? Raise your hand. 
Hey, don't you love that, Matt? Yeah, put your hand up again. I want to see that again. Thank you. How many of you would give your child up and say, let's have my child put to death in place of that awful, wicked sinner? Nope. Heard my dad say, say that as I was a kid in church. Dad said, I don't see how God can do that, man. I couldn't give my kids up for a, a wicked world. But God in the flesh came to die, the perfect lamb for an imperfect race. Scripture says we were conceived in iniquity. Can you imagine? You're not born saved. I know some of y'all have been saved so long you thought you were born saved. You weren't. You weren't born saved. Humans have an evil nature apart from God. This is hardcore. Scripture says before Christ, some people call that B.C., before Christ, we were like our former father, the devil. Isn't that hardcore? But you know what modern society teaches? Humans are basically good. I can prove to you humans are not basically good. Have you ever seen a little toddler? Time out. I love kids. I love toddlers. I have a niece. Man, we love her. We're crazy about Camila. But toddlers, I'm going to just tell you right now, if a toddler had a size of body of some of you men in here, they'd go around punching everybody out, taking their stuff, spitting on them, biting them. You tell me humans are basically good. No, they're taught to live socially acceptable lives. So I thank God once again for Jesus and God giving us the measure of faith to believe in him and be able to obey him. Are you with me? I mean, can you imagine? I I've seen some dudes that are big. I've seen some big dudes, man. I remember one of the power team guys. I hung out with him a few times. This guy was 6'3", 300 pounds, and there wasn't an ounce of fat on that dude. 6'3", 300. Imagine that. You say, oh, that's not real big. Okay. I worked out with him, man, and I was, I was much smaller than I am now. I was <laughs> he was such a beast that the other power team guys didn't want to work out with him. So I just kind of came along. Like, like his lovely assistant. I'll put 45s on the weight for him or something. I don't know. We were working out. 6'3", 300. So can you imagine, we're basically good, right? Can you imagine a little baby who hasn't been taught right, who's been spoiled and given everything, and let them grow into six foot three, 300 pounds? They'd be killing everybody. They'd see your watch and want it, they'd knock you out, break your arm to get it. They'd break through doors. They'd do whatever they wanted. That's why, that's why parents and mentors and, and, and parents who have adopted and biological parents and leaders and teachers are so important. They teach folks how to act, huh? Mom and dad used to teach me stuff, and they'd say, hey, you don't act like that. And dad would, dad would make threats that were always, you could always take them to the bank. Say, you do that again, I'm going to spank you. I'd count the cost, go, no, he's, he's for real. I think he will. I, hmm, track record. Yeah, yeah, he said it before and did it before. Yeah, he'll do it again. Mm -hmm. So I thank God for faith because as our foundation, because of our faith, we can even learn to act right because we believe what God said. We can learn to live right, walk right, treat people right, be kind. Many people say, oh, no, I love God and I obey. I, 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 I'm going to obey him, but, you know, some of this stuff doesn't make sense to me. Why would he command this and that? If you have faith, you'll do what he said. It's that simple, right? A lot of folks, we have faith in, get ready, 
seat belts, right? Anybody who went to driver's training in here, man, they, tell you, they show you terrible videos of why you need to wear seat belts. And it worked. Come on, Dad, put on your seatbelt, man. Mom, you know, to this day I wear seatbelts. We've got to have faith in God, even greater than that. So God gave us our faith. That's why we need to believe. Number two, look at this one. After he gave us our faith, because God is not unjust, he gave us our faith and he said, act on what I've already given you, the measure of faith. Now he tells us, he commands us to believe. Let's go to 1 John 3.23. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Do you see that? This is his commandment. Believe and love just as he commanded us. Let's go to Mark 5.36. I love this one. I don't know if they're tuning in on Facebook Live, but look, Jairus is mentioned by name here. This is great. He was a synagogue leader in Scripture. Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Jairus, don't be afraid. One translation says, just believe. Just have faith. I've had seasons in my life that there were people telling me things. I was seeing what was going on. I was hearing this. I was hearing that. I had feelings. And all I could do, all I had left was to believe God. That was it. Just to believe God. I know it's been a challenging year, but it's interesting how COVID, a, vir- a microscopic virus that we have not seen, has been able to sift, sift folks. And I understand trials. I understand. I'm telling you, we've been through it in our own way this year. I haven't been fearful of the virus itself, but man, having to do different protocols and having to close or go out to the parking lot for church and doing all this stuff, man, that messed with me. But I'm going to tell you right now, let every, take everything as a trial of your faith, but keep believing. Is somebody with me today? Someone say, I still believe. Everybody in the house. Let's say that a little bit. Someone say, I still believe. Yeah, and you've got to make decisions, I know. Some say, man, I'm going to social distance, I'm going to do this. Great, praise God. But as a believer, keep believing God. And let your faith grow as you study His Word. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Jesus overheard them. Remember? Jairus' daughter had just passed away, right? They said, oh, don't trouble the master anymore. She's already, she's already dead. And Jesus turned to Jairus and said, don't be afraid. It looks bad. It looks crazy. Just believe. Just have faith. Man, I love what one man of God said years ago. You don't know what faith is until you've been in a fight. There's times I've come out of battles, man, and I said, what did I leave in there? What, which parts of my skin were scraped off in that machine of that battle? But praise God, here you are. You made it, and it's not over yet. God's got a lot more f- for you, and that's why he commands you. He tells you, my p- second point, once again, he tells you to believe. He commands us to believe. Let's go to point three today. Look at this. Here's why I believe And here's why God expects us to believe as well. His record is perfect. He is undefeated. Hasn't he always taken care of you? 
<laughs> some of the ladies back in the day that used to do worship in the 90s here. And I'm reminded, I can still hear them singing it, and they would say, hasn't he always come through for you? Uh-huh, always has. But see, here's what folks do. Folks make their own decisions, exclude God, and then blame Him. Folks don't give tithe and offering and then get mad at God because their finances aren't blessed. They say, someone's trying to steal my money. Did you know in the Great Depression, there were soup lines, bread lines. People would line up hundreds and thousands deep to get handouts for food and bread and free, free basically free sustenance because they were unemployed in the big cities. And there was a man of God who sat there in the bread lines and handed out free soup and free bread, and he asked everyone he met, it may have been thousands of people, and he said, do you believe in tithing and giving offerings? And he said every single person in that line who was having to get free food said, oh, man, that's a ruse, man. They're crooks. They just want your money. He proved God's point. God said, you give, you'll never lack. Say, why do we give? Number one, we overcome greed. How many of us are born? Don't raise your hand, right? i got to be careful, y'all. I get y'all to rhythm. People are raising their hand for everything. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have told me that. I've had people do that. I'm like, oh, that was very vulnerable. Okay, put your hand down. Nobody look over there. Right? But how many of us were born greedy, and it's all about me, me, me? Most humans. Some find it easier to give, but I'm telling you, as a whole, no, there's times still, and you can say, oh, man, not me. Oh, no. No, there have been times, and I, I love to give tithe and offering, but there have been times I'm like, Lord, are you sure you need that much tithe, man? And the Lord says, I own everything. I don't need none of that junk. Scripture says, this is God speaking. He said, he said the beasts of the field, they're all mine. He said, the cattle on a thousand hills, in another reference, those are mine too. He said, the silver and gold, that's mine. Why would he need my money? Number one, it is God's way of making sure we overcome greed. Because that's challenging. That's challenging for some more than others, but God deals with it. It's up front and center. You say, is money important to God? How is that part of my faith? Read through Jesus' words. He talks about faith. He talks about heaven and hell. He talks about treating people right. And guess what else he talks about? He talks about money. Look into it. Some people say, man, we shouldn't talk about money at church. Uh-huh. People who say that, they're thinking about money constantly. And they're struggling in those areas. God's will is not for us to struggle in any area. Did you know that? I know the faith is a fight. But God's will was never for you to just struggle in some areas and just never, just never make it in that area. God's will is for you to be blessed in marriage, in finances, with your kids, in business, and be blessed. Why? Because it brings great glory and honor and credit to the Lord. It's simple. And once again, his record is perfect. He has an amazing track record. He always keeps his word, even if we don't understand it. Let's go to Psalm 138.2 today. I bow before your holy temple as I worship, the psalmist said. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. I know some people have dealt with folks who have lied to them a lot, and it's amazing when I give someone my word and they go, man, are you sure, are you sure, are you sure? I go, yeah, I gave you my word. Gave you my word. Had some salesmen show up. I've told you all before, our street it, it cuts from 
Walgreens down, you know, Walgreens on Turner, all the way down Permian Drive, all the way down to Del Paso, and it's people's favorite street for selling stuff. So 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, someone knocks at our door last night. Jen's all, who's that? I'm like, I don't know. I open the door, and they're selling, kid you not, they're selling solar panels for homes. I've always been interested in that. I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure I wouldn't, be sell, I wouldn't be able to sell gin on that. Most of them look ugly on the house. You know what I'm saying? Just panels on the roof and stuff. But I wanted to hear him out. I'd open the door. I'd already looked the guy in the, the eye, and I was already kind of squinting at him because he was standing out in the yard. He's talking to me, and I'm like, mm-hmm, you're selling solar panels. But he kept talking, and they seemed sincere, and I kept talking to them. And finally, I said, look, I, I can't give you my word on anything, but I'll talk to someone. If you have a salesman who wants to call me, I gave him my phone number. I said, I'll talk to them, but I mean, it's a long shot. I said, oh, yeah, it takes this and that. It takes months, and I mean, some houses take forty to $70,000. I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have given them my phone number, right? <laughs> forty to 1000 what? Oh, yeah, but then you get away from Excel, and then we just divide it out in your bill for, you know, 18.4 million years. <laughs> what? I'll just do Excel energy, you know, whatever. But I gave them my word. I even asked to follow up. He said, oh, you just gave him your, your number to get him out of there. No, I actually talked to the guys for a while. They were cool. And I just said, hey, look, here's my number. Here's my name. Where's the call going to come from? It's going to call from a four, it's going to come from a 480 area code. And I said, okay. They said, we'll have him text you first. I said, that's fine. I'll talk to him. I'd already given my word. You know how many times salesmen get lied to and saleswomen? Y'all, we, hey, I think we've all done it, huh? Hey, can you come back later? Later on, the windows are closed, the lights are out and junk. They're all. But here's the beautiful thing about God. Let's read that whole verse again. A whole verse. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. And scripture says his name is the name above every name. So if his name is the name above every name and his promises are backed by that same name, you can take it to the bank. He said it. He will do it. I don't like casual lies. I don't like that. I don't like serious lies. I don't like theatrical or dramatic lies. I don't like lies. I don't like to be lied to because Scripture says those who lie are hiding their hatred. That's what it says in Proverbs. That's a crazy verse. Hmm. Have we all lied? Yes. Have I lied? Yes. We have reasons. We lie because we're afraid. We lie because we want to get someone out of our face. We lie because we're intimidated. We lie because we're just, sometimes we lie just because we throw our word out there. If you're just throwing your word out there before, oh yeah, I'll be there at seven, and you never thought about it again. Not God, though. His record's perfect. Look at Deuteronomy 7.9. Look at this. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. Oh, truly, yes, he is. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations. Man, I can't even count that high. And lavishes his what? Unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. He's the faithful God. So a thousand generations, multiply that out. We're still trying to figure out what a generation is. Some say it's 40 years. Some say it's 100 years. Well, multiply 100 times 1,000. That's 100,000 years for us. That's forever, right? 
He just keeps his word. Let's go to Numbers 23, 19. I'm, I'm going to start to wrap it up here. Don't worry. We're on the downward slope here. God is not a man, so he does not lie. A lot of the ladies in the house are going, oh, I told you men are dogs. See, he's not a man, so he can't lie. That, no, it means he's not a human. Ladies lie too. I, all men were liars, and I'll back it up. No. Mm -mm. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? <laughs> Has he ever promised and not carried it through? What a question. Let's go to Hebrews 13.8. I rest my case. I've always wanted to say that in front of you, Ephraim. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you believe him, keep doing it. Don't fudge. Don't be fake. Be a real Christian by believing. Say, man, I'm struggling. Yeah, somebody told Jesus, and he honored it. He said, do you believe? He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Parts of me want to trip. Parts of me want to hide in the closet during the problem. Parts of me want to go, well, no, I believe. No, hold on to your faith. And if you ever get cornered by someone and says, do you really believe this? You know the easiest way to, to, to hit that head on? Because this is a real popular question now. Oh, you're a person of God? What do you think about gay marriage? Who cares what I think? I love, I love dumb questions like that. Who cares what I think? Scripture's real clear. He would go, Are th is Jesus the only way to get to heaven? Oh, you're closed-minded. I just believe the Bible. Jesus is the only way to get to heaven according to Scripture. Oh, no, we all worship the same God. No, you need to study up on that. No, we don't. No, we don't. Mm -mm. Allah, according to history, was the moon god. Mohammed picked a god. His tribal ancestors, they were polytheists. They had many gods. He picked one and said, oh, we serve one god, Allah. But see, Allah had no son. The god I serve, he sent himself in the form of his son to save us. So you got to watch carefully, watch closely. God's record is perfect. He keeps his word. And once again, let's put Hebrews 13, 8 up there again. It's crazy. People will talk about Jesus when they go, oh, man, I'm going to wear sandals and grow my beard out and kind of be a hippie and we'll just love each other. But you start saying, no, Jesus died for sins. Jesus died for sins. Jesus said marriage is between a man and a woman. Jesus said if you've, committed, if you've uh, uh, had lust toward a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Jesus dealt with issues, and people try to skip that because they haven't read it, or they don't care, or they don't know, or they don't want to know. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he has a standard. And it all starts with that question that Jesus posed in the Gospels. Do you believe? My question for you today is, believers, are you going to keep believing? Are you going to keep letting your faith grow? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, man, Pastor Matt, you've never wanted to quit. Man, I've told this story and I will end with this. There were times before, during, and after my mom's passing. She was fighting cancer. I'd be on my way to church on Del Paso, headed south, and I was like, I cannot go to church today and preach. I'm going to call Dad, and he can preach. I'm leaving town. There were times I wanted to give up, man. 
Say, why are you set up? Yeah, but when you're struggling, man, all you, can, all you can deal with is how you feel. You're disappointed. You're heartbroken. And you say, God, I feel crazy here. I'm, I'm tripping. What's wrong with me? And here's my advice. Just believe. Just believe. That's what I got for you this morning. It's nothing deep. It's not theological. We're not going to explore the meanings of Hebrew and Greek words today. Here's two words for you that you need to take home. Just believe. That's the heartbeat of faith, is believing because, number one, God gave us our faith. What a good and righteous and just God. To give you a gift and then go act on the gift. That's number two. He gave us a gift of faith there. Everybody's been given the measure of faith. And then number two, he commands us to believe. He says, okay, act on the gift I gave, gave you now. Use the gift I gave you. How just is that? And then number three, he says, oh, by the way, I've always kept my word. So I gave you your faith. I want you to believe. And here's why I want you to believe, because I've always kept my word. Bow your heads and close your eyes today. Mm, I believe there was something in there for someone today. There was something in there for me. I feel encouraged in my faith to be able to speak out loud, give my testimony, speak truth, and to be vulnerable and transparent with you. Because I don't have it all figured out. I learned a long time ago that I, I need to walk in love, I need to believe God, I need to obey His commandments, but I don't have it all figured out. I am imperfect, I'm flawed, but I will tell you this right now. I know that I'm called to believe. Do you know that? Everyone at the sound of my voice on the live stream and in this house. Oh man, I can feel God's presence. He's, he's working on somebody's heart today. If you say to me, I've never ever accepted Jesus or confessed him as my Savior, would you raise your hand today? You say, I've never repeated the prayer, ever. I've never accepted Jesus. Let me see your hand today. All right, that's good news. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray together. And for those watching online or for those watching or listening after the fact or watching, they can pray this prayer. I want everybody in this house to repeat this prayer. This is important. Say, Heavenly Father, say, I believe that Jesus came, He lived, He died, and He rose again for me, for my sin. So I don't have to go to hell. So I don't have to be separated from God. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me because I believe. I believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. And I know that he rose from the dead. Cleanse me, God. Heal me. Give me opportunities to love people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we pray, one more time, I want everybody to look at me. And here's the prayer I'm going to pray for you today. Because I believe scripturally, I cannot pray for God to give you more faith. According to Scripture, God has given you the measure of faith. So if I could, I'd lay hands on you and say, God, give me more faith. I'd lay hands on me, man. This bald head, I'd say, Lord, man, give me more faith. You have him faith, Lord. Give me faith. Give. It doesn't work that way. God gave you the measure of faith, and then Scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when you 
believe, you act out on God's word. So you, you're struggling in areas of faith. You need to get into God's word. You need to make sure you connect in person, online, at connect groups. You've got to connect with the local family of faith for your faith. So I'm going to pray for God to give you a hunger for his word and for connection like never before, okay? Let's pray. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today if you would. Lord God, we trust you. I thank you because I believe your word fell on good ground today, God. I believe everybody in this house received your word. And where it goes from there, it's up to us. But your word's been spoken. We've quoted your word. We've spoken truth and encouragement and life and hope and joy. Now, God, I thank you that you're giving us a hunger for your word so that our faith will increase as we hear and hear by your word, as we speak your word, as we obey and do your word, as we see you pull us through circumstances, as we see you overcome, as we see you do miracles in our lives, God, we will watch our faith increase, and that is our commitment. You keep doing what you do, God. We're going to believe you. We commit. We commit to do that today, Lord God. Give us a hunger for your word and for connection with you and other believers. I thank you for today. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for the families that are represented here, Lord. And I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone in this house. In Jesus' name.